Life Audio. Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity, and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today I'm going to do something a little bit different. Um, instead of a usual biblical meditation, this time I am going to be talking about some a series of arguments against evolution, otherwise known as uh, apologetics. So back when I was in middle school, my mom sat me down for an intensive study on apologetics or the arguments for biblical creation as opposed to the theory of evolution, which she knew that I'd be shortly exposed to. That foundation served me very well. I don't recall whether evolution was mentioned in middle school, but it certainly was in most of my high school science classes and all through college where I got my degree in biochemistry and molecular biophysics. It probably featured rather heavily in the core science courses in med school too, but I can't recall it then, honestly, because at that point I was so well armed with both evidence and conviction to the contrary that I probably just tuned it out. I'm not sure. So uh, this is going to be a series of just sampling, a sampling of the holes in the theory that the Big Bang just happened and that life suddenly sprang from nothing over billions of years. So uh, for this week, I'm just going to be talking about the concept of anthropic fine-tuning. So even if one were to believe that life evolved on its own, the physical laws are particularly, peculiarly conducive to life, apparently fine-tuned to an extraordinary degree. Stephen Hawking wrote in A Brief History of Time, the remarkable fact is that the values of these numbers, the constants of physics, seem to have been very finely adjusted to make possible the development of life. Other prominent non-believing scientists who offered, authored books on the subject of anthropic fine-tuning include Roger Penrose, Frank Tipler, and Paul Davies. There are four fundamental forces that define the subatomic world. Gravity, which still isn't fully understood, electromagnetism, the attraction of opposite charges enabling electron orbitals to remain in proximity to the nuclei necessary for formation of chemical bonds, the strong nuclear force, binding atomic nuclei together and the weak nuclear force which allows protons to become neutrons and vice versa. 
If gravity were much weaker, matter would not be sufficiently attracted to each other and planets and stars wouldn't be able to form. If it were only slightly weaker, stars would not explode and distribute the heavy elements formed in their cores necessary for life. If gravity were stronger, smaller and thus shorter-lived stars would have formed, burned out faster, and likewise would not have been massive enough to explode and distribute heavy elements for life. If the electromagnetic force were stronger, the electrons would collapse into the nucleus of an atom, rendering chemistry impossible. If it were weaker, electrons would not hover around the nucleus at all, likewise rendering bonding and thus much more complex molecules impossible. If the strong nuclear force were about 50% stronger, hydrogen, which is the simplest atom and the starting point for nuclear fusion in stars, would have been consumed in the early universe. If it were about 50% weaker, fusion would either not have occurred at all or would not occur to the degree necessary to form heavier elements. In order to produce adequate carbon and oxygen for life, the strong nuclear force could not deviate from its present strength much at all. If the weak nuclear force were weaker, conversion of neutrons to protons would be much faster and thus hydrogen in stars would turn into helium too fast, ultimately causing the stars to burn out too quickly. In addition to these, the ratio of the masses of protons to neutrons is exactly as it must be for DNA to be possible. The masses of neutrons relative to protons are also exactly as they must be to allow heavier elements to form without causing all stars to collapse into black holes. The convection in Earth's core runs on radioactivity. If there were any less fuel, it might not have eventually formed iron, which is necessary for the production of the Earth's magnetic field, which protects us from the Earth, the sun's harmful solar wind or charged particles that might otherwise destroy us. Any more radioactive fuel, and we'd be constantly beset by earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, and the ash of the volcanic eruptions would blot out the sun. Along the same lines, if Earth were less massive, the magnetic field would be correspondingly weaker. As a result, the solar wind could strip away our atmosphere, and thus our breathable air. If it were more massive, Earth's gravity would correspondingly increase, which would, at a certain point, cause more uniform surface, no mountains or seafloors. This would distribute the oceans across the Earth's surface, making us a water world. In order for water to be present on a planet at all, though, it must orbit its star at a precise distance, called the circumstellar habitable zone. Too close, and we'd experience the same runaway greenhouse effect that it is believed to have occurred on Venus. Water evaporates, concentrates in the atmosphere, traps the sun's rays, and the temperature eventually becomes an oven. Too far, and it will free too far away, and it will freeze into an ice planet. The only way to prevent the water from freezing would be to increase atmospheric carbon dioxide to trap the sun's heat, but too much carbon dioxide would mean not enough oxygen necessary to sustain life as we know it. Our sun also has to be exactly the right size. Too small, and it would be a red dwarf, emitting far less light, and most of it would be in the red end of the spectrum. This would greatly impede photosynthesis, as plants require both sufficient sunlight both and both blue and red spectrum light as well. Impaired photosynthesis means not enough oxygen. A smaller star would also have a much closer circumstellar habitable zone. The problem is, a much closer orbit to a star would dramatically increase the tides on the planet, too. This would cause the planet to become tidally locked like Pluto in its moon, Charon. This means one side would always face the star, while the other would always face away, causing dramatic temperature variations. If the sun were larger, its light would be, mo would be more toward the blue end of the spectrum, which would allow for oxygen production, but would leave us susceptible to intense ultraviolet radiation. Jupiter and Saturn act as guards for the Earth. Their immense gravitational pull tends to protect Earth from stray comets that might otherwise collide with us and cause mass extinction. 
Our moon's size and proximity stabilizes Earth's precise tilt of 23.56 degrees, which is necessary to keep our seasons mild. It's also responsible for 60% of the tides and the other 40% is from the sun, which, among other things, drive the ocean current and thus help to distribute heat throughout the planet. Earth also has to be placed exactly where it is within the galaxy. There is a habitable zone within galaxies too, such that we have access to heavier elements from the larger stars, but we're still, we're still far enough from the spiral arms of the galaxy where the supernovae occur from the most massive stars. These are just a few examples of cosmic fine-tuning. Many scientists recognize the improbability of these parameters being just so. A rather circular non-explanation is called the weak anthropic principle by Brandon Carter, which states, we must be prepared to take account of the fact that our location in the universe is necessarily privileged to the extent of being compatible with our existence as observers. In other words, things are the way they are because if they weren't, we wouldn't be here to ask the questions of why they are the way they are. The corresponding strong anthropic principle states the universe, and hence the fundamental parameters on which it depends, must be such as to admit within it the creation of observers within it at some stage. The classic logical objection to this argument is that of a criminal expecting to die by firing squad who nevertheless faces the squad and lives. Would it not beg the question for him to conclude that the firing squad missed him simply because if they hadn't, he wouldn't be alive to ask why he was still alive? Those who do not believe in a designer generally get around this objection via the multiverse interpretation of quantum mechanics, the idea that every possible quantum event does actually occur in some universe or another. Therefore, every possibility, no matter how unlikely, must occur somewhere at least once. And in the universe where it does, humans will evolve to ask questions such as why is everything so perfectly fine-tuned for life? Such an interpretation certainly seems to me to violate Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is usually the correct one. Not to mention it begs the question, how one universe began in the first place now becomes a far more complicated problem of how multiple universes might continuously be generated with every quantum mechanical choice. Okay, so that was part one, and I will continue the series in another couple of weeks. Hope that was interesting for you, and thanks for joining me. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you, so please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. 
For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren Deville. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. Life Audio presents Bridges with Monica Schmelter. That we have an enduring hope that can't be taken away when we are in Christ. And to know that we have that, right? And eternal salvation, because this world can be so busy and so dark that we can forget that, right? Right? Because sometimes I get caught in the trappings of what's going on in my life this moment. And while I have to recognize that, that's not it. Continue listening on lifeaudio.com or wherever you find your podcast.